you hear the words of those songs? Gonna praise him through anything. Do you praise him through anything? Hallelujah. God is good. Amen. Let's continue to praise his name. Hallelujah. Put on the garment of praise. Put on the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. Let the oil of gladness flow down from your throne, my Lord. Put on the garment of praise. For the spirit of heaviness. For your joy is my strength, the Lord.
45 verse 5 says, I will meditate on your majestic, glorious splendor and your wonderful miracles. Your awe-inspiring deeds will be on every tongue. I will proclaim your greatness. Everyone will share the story of your wonderful goodness. They will sing with joy about your righteousness. Boy, can you testify to the goodness of God today in your life? Lord, we thank you. We honor you that you are, you are good in every way. You're the definition of good. What you are is good. And we thank you for that today, that we can sing about your greatness. We can sing about your goodness. And I pray as we do that today that you would bring healing to people's lives. I pray as we do that that you would bring uh, strength to people's lives. And as you do that, you would bring forgiveness to people's lives. Lord, we thank you for who you are, and we celebrate you today in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen, amen. God bless you. It's so good to see you today. And uh, hey, let's take a few minutes. And just to let you know, you have these, these offering envelopes in your seat, okay? You might want to pay attention to those to later in the service. But we're going to be taking not our first offering that we'll take in a little bit, but our second offering. Pastor's going to take that for one day to feed the world. So make note of that. If you're a guest here today, uh, that's what that offering will be for. But let's take a few minutes and let's greet each other today. God bless you. Welcome. Well, good morning, good morning, good morning. It is so good to see you. I can't believe we're just days away from Thanksgiving. It feels, still feels like September. I just, I don't know what happened to all this time. But anyways, hey, uh, we are so glad you're here today. If you are our guest today, maybe you came as a guest of, of a friend. Maybe you came because you heard a message on YouTube or, or saw our website or for whatever reason that you're here, we're glad you're here. If you would do us a favor and complete this Connect card in front of you, and bring it on the conclusion of our worship service out to our, um, out to our lobby, our guest services desk, and hand that in. They have a wonderful gift for you for us to say thank you. We would greatly appreciate if you could complete that. And uh, we're going to receive this morning's tithes and offerings. And again, just to reiterate, these envelopes here are for our second offering, which Pastor will take in a bit. Uh, the good thing about all of our giving here, and, and hopefully you know this, that you have opportunities to give online through our website. Uh, you have opportunities, of course, to give uh, in person here. And you can always mail it. And I, I think we still have folks that even do that on occasion. But uh, you can do that, whether it be the main offering we're about to receive or this offering later. You can give online. You're, you're free to do that. And we uh, greatly appreciate it. But let's pray this morning for uh, this main offering. Lord, thank you for the privilege and, and truly the honor it is to put you first. And I pray that you would help us today um, as we give. Lord, use these gifts to impact, change, transform lives here and around this world. Lord, I just pray blessing over it, and uh, we just thank you again for this opportunity to worship you in Jesus' name. Amen.
So, all right. Well, is there anything you can do about that? Because we really need to do some laundry. Laura, will you please give me a more grateful heart? Honey, my car. Okay. Yeah. Be thankful. Aren't you glad? Aren't you glad that's not how it goes? Wow, that would be rough. But uh, yeah, Thanksgiving's coming up. I'm just praying you have a great one in, in every way. And we'll just, there's so many things to be thankful for, of course. Hey, a few announcements I'd like to make. Um, uh, I had mentioned earlier we're going to be taking that separate one day to feed the world offering in just a bit. But we have some things coming up um, that we want to make you aware of. Wednesday nights, of course, we have the uh, Gospel of Mark, which we're going through in our Wednesday night study for adults. That starts at 7 p.m. Uh, we have our young adults, Friendsgiving potluck. That means you get to bring something. And uh, so make sure you're aware of that. That's next Sunday, following service in the cafe. Again, that's next Sunday, the 26th, the Sunday after Thanksgiving. Then we have a, a sundry of holiday events coming up. Um, uh, one of them very important. Remember, this Wednesday night, if you come to adult study or you bring your kids to our Rangers and our girls' ministry, there's nothing happening this Wednesday night to 22nd, okay? Make sure you make note of that. There's nothing happening this Wednesday night. And, of course, Thursday is Thanksgiving. Then we have December 1st. The youth are decorating the cafe before our youth night at 530. Uh, there may or may not be some pizza involved in that, just to let you know. Uh, we have a sign-up sheet that uh, students are already filling up, uh, filling up that. And then youth starts at 7, of course. Uh, December 3rd, winter retreat. $100 deposit is due for that. And then uh, on the 3rd, which is two weeks from today, our Praise Kids Christmas musical is going to be happening that morning. You do not want to miss. Bring somebody out that day. It's always an incredible time. Lucy, Heather, and their team, they do a great job every year. That's coming up. The 10th is our Christmas banquet. Uh, so this is uh, an adult-only Christmas banquet. We have child care provided in, in, in our nursery and in our cafe. We provide them with their own food their own uh, child care, uh, but this is for the adults in here. You have to be 18 or older to, do, to be a part of that. But uh, there's a sign-up out in the lobby at the Guest Services Center. Make sure you sign up there. Put your name down, how many are coming, if you need child care, how many you'll need. And again, this is just child care for, for you know, your kids or, or if you're, you, know, you have other people inviting and they have, they're coming and they have children, you know, sign them up. Uh, but that's always an incredible night. It's going to be a little different this year uh, in a very positive way. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it's going to be a variety show. There's people here that are going to do incredible things. It's going to be high dives. And, no, no, none of that. But it'll be a great night. Uh, but that's happening on the 10th. And then we have a youth Christmas party on the 15th. And, uh, of course, Christmas um, the Sunday, the 24th, we have service that morning. And then we have Christmas Eve service that evening, Sunday evening as well at 5.30. So a lot happening, a lot going on. Make sure you're aware of it all. Keep this bulletin on your fridge. And uh, God bless you as Pastor comes. You know, on your way in today, did you get 
one of these flyers, Variety Show. That's December 10, as you heard. Make sure you sign up ahead of time so we can plan uh, food for you to be with us. And um, it'll be pretty traditional. You all know what we're having, right, on the menu? Can you remember a whole year, away, a whole year back? Tortellini Alfredo with chicken. Yeah, let's do it. That's what I want to hear. Um, yeah, one thing I learned, I shared this. We had a board meeting this week and was talking about how sometimes you like to change things up and it's nice to do something new, but some things I've learned you don't touch. And one of those things I learned this year without making a mistake, I just learned it by paying attention, is do not cancel Mr. Softy soft serve truck at Founders Day. Okay, I threw that out a couple weeks before. I mentioned to you how I was contemplating Hawaiian shave ice instead of the soft serve truck. And you all moaned and groaned. And I'm like, but we've been doing that for so many years. Let's have a little change. And apparently people don't like change. So um, then I started thinking about a different menu for the Christmas dinner, the adult Christmas dinner. And talking to just some board members. And they're like, no, people don't like change. That confirmed it. And uh, so once a year, once a year, you get that incredible tortellini alfredo with chicken. And we will have some red sauce for some of you as well. But we're just going to stay with what works. Amen. But anyway, so again, be ready for the kids musical just two weeks from today and then three weeks from today. Can't believe we're getting into Christmas stuff because this week we had some beautiful days, 68, almost 70 degrees. That's my kind of winter. I don't want to move to Florida. I like Delaware, but I like that weather. And so me and God have been talking. And actually, I, I, I think he's going to bring some snow. And that is in the Bible. You can, you can read all about snow in the Bible. He commands it. So anyways, um, in, right now we're going to take an offering for Convoy of Hope. And uh, this is a ministry that helps us feed others. As you know, many of you signed up for this after service. The youth, our student ministries, is going to feed you for an offering for Speed the Light. But this is us helping people around the world. As you know, Convoy has children's feeding programs, women's empowerment programs. They're involved in disaster relief, community outreach, so many different things. And, and you know, every year I pump this up because they are a worthy ministry. They do so much in the way of real, real care ministries, reaching out and meeting people at their point of need. And we get to help in that. So um, whatever you can do today, if you can't do one day salary, you're offering. Just slip it in the envelope. One quick thing I need to mention, please don't put any credit card information on there. Um, even though it's on the form, don't do that. This is just for your check. You can make it out to Praise Assembly uh, or cash, and it'll be received in just a moment. But please don't do that. If you want to, you can give online if you forgot all about this. Um, but already we've had, we've had funds come in to help convoy online. So thank you for your giving. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you, Lord, for this opportunity. Lord, to serve the least of these. And I thank you for this ministry that you called into existence almost 30 years ago through, through some, some young kids who lost their father, almost lost their mother. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for how this has developed. It truly is a God thing. You have done it. And you've touched the Donaldson family with your compassion. And now their desire is to reach the world with that kind of compassion. A godly compassion that not only meets physical needs, but also the spiritual need of eternal life through Jesus Christ. And Father, I pray your blessing, not just on this offering or on what we give on each one of us. But Lord, I pray your blessing on Convoy of Hope and the Donaldson family, Lord. I ask your blessing now in Jesus' name. Amen. Maybe midnight or midday, never early, never late. He gon' stand by what he claimed, lived enough life to say. I heard your heart, I see your pain, out in the dark, out in the rain. You're so alone, you're so afraid, I heard you pray.
What a ministry. Always there. They're there before other disaster relief ministries or group programs are, are in place. So continue to keep Convoy in prayer and in your giving. Um, Pastor Hans reminded me to make one announcement concerning Spud the Light. As I alluded to a minute ago, um, today is the day you're going to buy your baked potato that you ordered. Okay. Um, they're being cooked already. I don't know how many kind of smelled it out in the hall. Um, but that's right after the close of service over in the cafe. If you signed up, you probably didn't pay yet, so there'll be someone there to collect those funds. And there are a few extra potatoes. If you didn't plan, you can still be included, okay? But you need to get over there, and it's, again, first come, first served, beyond those who have already signed up. Well, anyway, before we go to this morning's message, I have something I want to share with you concerning one of the young men of our church. He was born here, raised here, and is now contemplating a special call in his life. He's working secularly at this time, but most recently completed some ministerial training through the Pendell School of Ministry and Global University, and was recently approved to receive his Certificate of Ministry credential. This credential is a starting point on the track towards licensed and ordained ministry. There are three levels of uh, ministry in the Assemblies of God, and so now it remains up to him and God to decide where he will go following this first step. So I'd like to ask Nick Walters, sitting right in the front row, to come right front and center here, if you would, please. Um, and also, we'd like your lovely wife to come and stand next to you. <laughs> Been married just over a year, just over. Wow. That was a fast year. And last weekend, they got to enjoy their anniversary uh, out of town. So it sounded like it was a good time. And at this time, too, I'd like to ask uh, our pastors, Pastor Brandon, Pastor Hans, if you'd come, and our deacons uh, to come as well and stand around them. It's all in the family, isn't it? It's like... <laughs> Now, before Nick accepts the vows that accompany today's recognition, I want to share with you a couple of passages of Scripture that address the issue of calling. And the first is from Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 1. The Apostle Paul said, As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Generally, that verse applies to every single believer, every single one of us. Every one of us should live our lives in a way that's worthy of God calling us to be part of his family. We should behave, we should act like we're sons of the Most High God. Brothers with our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. And then the passage continues, and although it also pertains to every believer, I also feel as though it's excellent advice for anyone who will minister at this level. And Ephesians chapter 4 verse 2 says, Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient bearing with one another in love, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. And then one other passage concerning calling is found in 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 and 11. It says, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, make every effort to confirm your calling 
Make every effort to confirm your calling and election. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. And you'll receive a rich welcome into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so with those verses in mind, I have four questions for Nicholas Walters this morning. And these are only for you, Nick. You don't have to say I do or I will. Okay, you already did that a year ago. (laughs) But Nicholas Walters, do you solemnly commit yourself to the work of the ministry to live as a man called by God to lead people into a vital relationship with Jesus Christ? If so, say I do. Will you champion the name of the Lord before the world, living a life that's worthy of your high and holy calling? If so, say I do. Will you love and defend God's people so as to bring unity and blessing, giving special regard to holding your colleagues in high esteem? If so, say I do. Will you give yourself to prayer, study the scriptures, and preaching of God's word? If so, say I do. All right, let's pray together. Would you all stand with us, please, and just reach out with your hands. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this step that Nick has taken. And we pray that you continue to guide him and lead him and make it clear to him that what he's to do on this on this pathway of ministry. We thank you for the unique gifts that you've already put into his life. And we pray that they continue to be developed as he desires to serve your church. Father, we pray for your continued blessing in his life and growth in his ministry. Lord God, draw him ever closer to you. And use him for your purpose and your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And with that, Nick, we present to you the certificate of ministry from our general counsel, our superintendent, Doug Clay, and general secretary, Donna Barrett. God bless. I was going to. Okay, you can be seated. Well, this morning is going to be my last presentation on Jesus Said, the series. Uh, I believe Pastor Brandon is going to wrap up this series next Sunday morning. And then as we head, into, head towards Christmas and into the month of December, the three of us are going to focus on the various names of Jesus. Uh, and that's going to be anchored on a passage from Isaiah, which is often spoken of at Christmas time. It's in hymns. It's, of course, in Scripture, Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And the government will be upon his shoulders, and he will be called, and that's why we're focusing on names of Jesus. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And so uh, we'll, we'll have somewhat of a Christmas connection as we study the names of Jesus. But for this morning, I want us to talk about money. <laughs> it's kind of, here we're, I'm emphasizing Christmas coming, and we're going to talk about money. And, uh, of course, that can be a very, very stressful time when it comes to money, can't it? Uh, and if not the month of December, then definitely January when the credit card bills show up. But anyways, in an article from CNBC that I found, it stated that we tend to think about money. You and I, every one of us, we tend to think about money. Adult Americans think about money once every seven seconds. Yeah. More often than we think about sex. I want to read you a portion from that article. It's been said that men think about something every seven seconds. But depending on your age, that something may actually be money. Money and work dominate our daily thoughts, according to data from a report by Go Banking Rates. About one in four Americans said that money is the thing they think about most on a daily basis. And another one in four spent most of their time thinking about work. And that's pretty consistent across age groups and income. The only figure higher is seniors worrying about their health and young millennials thinking about their love lives. And then here's a graph I want to show you that illustrates the concerns for each age group. And as you can kind of see, depending on where you're seated, you can see that, um, that for, for the younger generations, you're more concerned about living paycheck to paycheck. That's the yellow portion. Young millennials are on top, seniors are down below. And you can see the graph is much heavier in the yellow area for young millennials um, worried about living paycheck to paycheck. Also, young people are concerned about living in debt, and that's in the red. You can see that's a sizable 24% for young millennials and 20% for older millennials. Um, Maybe losing a job that's indicated in blue, that's a sizable amount for younger folks. And then older folks are more concerned about having their identity stolen and... um, That's over towards the right-hand side. 
uh, never being able to retire. Some older folks says here Gen, Gen Xers and baby boomers 45 to 64 are concerned about not being able to retire. And, uh, and these are very real concerns. And we all think about these things. Um, I know that we all, we all have to agree that we're regularly concerned about our livelihoods, uh, our income, our accumulation of things all of our lives. Starting out in life, we're hoping and we're praying that God will give us a good job, right? You get through, you know, compulsory education. Maybe you do some college or you do some apprenticeship, some training uh, somewhere. And you're hoping you're going to get a good job. And you can learn some skills, make a decent income in order to do some fun things in life. And then to be able to dream about saving for a home and starting a family. Being able to someday drive a decent car without going into deep, deep debt. And sometimes it can seem like it just takes forever. Saving can seem so elusive, especially at the first stage of life. And then at the other end of, career, of the career, you just hope that you don't lose it all to some chronic and debilitating illness or some kind of financial crisis that was unforeseen. Those things do happen in life. Our concern as we get older is trying to conserve what we have put away and try to make it last as long as we do. And thankfully, God knows our concerns. And Jesus addressed these very issues. And so let's begin today by reading two parallel passages that give us some basic information. Even though they vary slightly from each other, they're similar, but they, do, they, they are a little different from one another. And I want us first to look at Matthew chapter 6, and then we'll go over to Luke's gospel, the 12th chapter. But Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. Jesus says, do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin, rodents destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other or you'll be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And then let's, like, let's take a look at Luke's gospel. See how he records this in his gospel. Luke chapter 12, verse 22. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you will wear. For life is more than food, and the body is more than clothes. Consider the ravens. They do not sow or reap. They have no storeroom or barn. And yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable, valuable are you than birds? Who of you by worrying can add a single hour to his life? Since you cannot do this very little thing, why do you worry about the rest? Consider how the wildflowers grow. They do not labor or spin. And yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and tomorrow is thrown in the fire, how much more will he clothe you, you of little faith? And do not set your heart on what you'll eat or drink, do not worry about it, for the pagan world runs after all such things, and your Father knows that you need them. But seek His kingdom, and these things will be given to you as well. Do not be afraid, little flock, for your Father has been pleased to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions, give to the poor, provide purses for yourselves that will not wear out, a treasure in heaven that will never fail, where no thief comes near and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for your word today. And I thank you for this topic. Lord, I pray, God, that you'd open, open the eyes of our heart to see what you're saying to your church. Lord, I pray that your will would be done in our lives today. And Lord, that when we leave here, Lord, that we will have grown. We will have learned something that would facilitate growth in our lives. And we ask all this now in Jesus' name. Amen. So let's take a look at Matthew's account first. Again, they are, they're talking about the same subject matter. Little different, little different twist to each one. But looking at Matthew's account first, he's briefer than Luke. And he tells us where to invest in order to get a lasting return on our investment. Look at verse 19 again. He said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. And so very simply, Jesus says, do not invest in earthly things because it's just too tenuous. 
moths, rodents, thieves, they're all going to be a problem in this world and in your lifetime. And, and honestly, you know, it does take a lot of energy. It takes a lot of energy to gain, to accumulate things in our lives. But it also takes a lot of energy to protect our things, doesn't it? I mean, it takes a lot of mental and emotional energy at the very least. We have to, we, I mean, we have to lock up everything today. In our homes, even here at church. You know, a number of years ago, we had an all-out war trying to keep mice out of our classrooms here in our building. Now, don't worry. It's been a, it's been a long time. But many, many years ago, too, even in my house, I went to grab a suit. Winter was coming. I had a suit I hadn't worn in about a year. And, um, and it, was, it was an older suit, but I really liked it. And I went in my closet to grab it. I was really wanting to, I mean, I was so excited. I can finally wear it. It cooled off enough, pulled it out. Moths had eaten holes in the lapels. That had never happened before. I mean, I remember growing up, some homes actually had cedar-lined closets to keep moths out. And that, I could, I was just so, I was so, I was, I was mad. And because it was an old suit, it was only $200, but it went in the trash. I mean, there's no way to, there's no way to fix this thing. And I couldn't wear just the pants. They would have looked funny with a different jacket. But, and now today we have to protect ourselves from digital thieves. We have to keep our online banking protected. We have to remember user IDs and passwords. Isn't that fun? We have to worry about getting our cards skimmed at the local gas station, identity theft, and so much more. You know, it's not just physically protecting things. We've got to protect things digitally. And, and so you can see how money becomes a constant concern for people today. Even when the concern isn't the money itself, we worry about getting it. And then we worry about keeping it. And if you're married, then sometimes you also fight about how to spend it. But Jesus said that we need to make sure that we're investing properly. We need to be investing in our eternal home. You see, we live here on this earth for maybe seven, eight, nine. I've known some people who have lived here for 10 decades. And even that, though, is nothing compared to eternity in heaven. Amen? And in Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells us that whatever we invest, whatever we invest in heaven is completely safe. Once we've made a deposit in heaven, we don't have to worry about it. We don't have to give it a thought. And I know that that can seem all too simple, but I'm going to tell you that the, the fact of the matter is that it is the truth. If Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank. Now, that was a pun. Guys, come on. And that, and that was like, wasn't that clever? Right here. I didn't, look, I didn't see that. I said, if Jesus said it, you can take it to the bank. Ha, ha, ha. And you guys. Seriously, I thought it was pretty good. I couldn't wait to hit that part in my notes, but... But I do want to add a qualifier here because sometimes Christians can be accused of being so heavenly minded that they're no earthly good. And so I do want you to know that Jesus is not saying that you have to just give away everything you own. He's not saying that. But God's word does tell us to put aside funds for our future, that we're to do for our future here on this earth, as well as our future in eternity, to plan for our future. And, and even here on earth, even to store away for lean times. Because they're going to come. They come. I mean, all you got to do is look at Scripture. We do need to do some earthly investing as well as heavenly investing. We're to practice the law of sowing and reaping in our lives. In our everyday lives. It's kingdom living. Jesus spoke about stewardship so many times in the Gospels, didn't he? The Bible teaches us to practice saving. It teaches us to practice investing as well as giving. And also, this is very important. We're not supposed to eat every bit of the harvest that comes to us. Rather, we are to tithe from it first. We give to God first. And then we save for our future. And then we consume. We can freely consume whatever's left right now today. Again, we invest in heaven first. Then we save for our future. Then we consume what is ours today. And just please keep that order in your mind. Make it a way of practice. I've been a Christian now for 49 years, almost 50 years, and that formula has worked in my life all of that time. So Matthew tells us how and where to invest. And, and then Luke tells us, for most of what he writes, he tells us not to worry. He tells us to give to God, but don't worry. 
He tells us to save, but don't worry. To go ahead and spend on what you need, but don't worry. I don't know if you got, got that as we read through Luke. Because you see, worry itself is a type of thief. The moth, the rodents, and the thieves can steal from you. But worry is also another type of thief. Worry is just like the moth. It's just like the rodent. It's just like the thief mentioned in Matthew's account. Worrying about tomorrow robs you of today. Amen? Specifically, the joy that you should be able to experience at that very moment. And boy, do we struggle with that one. I mean, we, we can live so far in the future that we miss the moment. Don't worry about your little baby's college fund when you should be enjoying his little smiles or her little cooing right now. You can't, you can't just be thinking about the future all the time. You can't live in the future. Worry robs us of so much. And Luke reminds us through examples in nature of how God supplies for the ravens, for the birds. He renews the fields with grass and flowers every year. And they're more beautiful than anything that mankind could ever create. Our God knows how to provide. I want us to go back to the Old Testament for a moment. I want us to look back to Exodus chapter 16. A great example. I mean, and there's so many. There's so many. There's so many examples of God's provision in the Old Testament as well as the New. And I really like this one. This is one of the big ones that you see in Scripture. Exodus 16 verse 1. It says, The whole Israelite community set out from Elam and came to the desert of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai, on the 15th day of the second month, after they'd come out of Egypt. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. I mean, here they are now, finally, for the first time, free people. If only we had died as slaves in Egypt, is what they're saying. I mean, there we sat around pots of meat. We ate all the food we wanted. But you brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. And then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people to go out each day and gather enough for that day. In this way, I'll test them and see whether they will follow my instructions. <laughs> On the sixth day, they're to prepare what they bring in. And that is to be twice as much as they gather in the other days. And so Moses and Aaron said to all the Israelites, In the evening, you will know that it was the Lord who brought you out of Egypt. And in the morning, you'll see the glory of the Lord, because he's heard your grumbling against him. Who are we that you should grumble against us? Moses also said, you'll know that it was the Lord when he gives you meat to eat in the evening and all the bread you want in the morning, because he's heard your grumbling against him. Who are we? You're not grumbling against us. You're grumbling against God. And then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he's heard your grumbling. And while Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. And the Lord said to Moses, I've heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them, at twilight you will eat meat, and in the morning you'll be filled with bread. Then you'll know that I am the Lord your God. And that evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. And when the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is it? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. This is what the Lord has commanded. Everyone is to gather as much as they need. Take an omer for each person you have in your tent. The Israelites did as they were told. Some gathered much, some little. And when they measured it by the omer, the one who gathered much did not have too much, and the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone had gathered just as much as they needed. Isn't God good? Just as much as they need. I mean, God gives the Israelites everything they need. Bread in the morning. Meet at dinner time. And again, I love that verse, verse 18. The one who gathered much did not have too much. And the one who gathered little did not have too little. Everyone gathered just as much as they needed. And then I want you to look at human nature with me in the next few verses. Let's look at Exodus 16, verse 19. Then Moses said to them, no one is to keep any of it until morning. However, some of them paid no attention to Moses. They kept part of it until morning but it was full of maggots and began to smell. And so Moses was angry with them. So what does that tell us? Hoarding is never a good practice. Because just as Jesus said, it'll attract moths and rodents and thieves. 
Scriptural living means being generous, and it's a scriptural thing. It's not limited to just what Jesus said. It's not limited to just the New Testament. It's throughout Scripture, Old Testament and New. One of my favorite passages out of Proverbs, I love Proverbs eleven twenty four. 24. It says, one person gives freely and yet gains even more. One translation says, one man scatters. One man scatters. It just sounds like, doesn't even give it a thought. Just gives things away. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, miserly, but comes to poverty. Now, the reason I like that is it makes no sense to the natural human mind. Because the natural human mind says, if I keep accumulating, I'll have more. And here it says, if I give away more, I'll get more. Of course, Jesus did say in Luke chapter 6, give and it will be given. Press down, good measure, running over. You won't be able to contain it in your lap. Give and it will be given. More will be given. That makes no sense, but it's scriptural. And so you have to accept it by faith. You have to believe it by faith. And just as we, as we read here in Exodus, holding on to the extra brought rot and stench, maggots, and a horrible smell. And that, that's exactly what, be, you know, if you're miserly, that's exactly what your life becomes like. So as we've seen from both passages, Matthew and Luke are, are somewhat similar. They're both telling us that we need to focus our investments on eternity. Luke elaborates a little bit more, tells us not to worry in the process. But I want you to know this. There's one verse, as much as uh, both, both gospel writers were emphasizing the same thought in slightly different ways, but there's one verse that each of them quotes Jesus directly. And here's what Jesus said. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And that's what's really important in both of those passages. That's the issue in both those passages, our hearts. Where is our heart this morning? Is it consumed with worry about the future? Is it preoccupied with earning and gaining more and more and more? Or is it concerned about the kingdom, God's kingdom? Is it concerned with providing ministry to others, to reaching the lost, to helping to enlarge the kingdom of God? Is that, is that where our hearts are at? And, and it may seem cavalier for me to say something like this, but to know where our heart is, you know, where you, you know how you can find out where your heart is? All you have to do is oh, look at your checkbook or look at your calendar. And those two devices are going to tell you exactly where you have been investing your money and your time. I, I can't lie. It's right there. It's posted. If you have QuickBooks or Banktivity or some other Every Dollar by Dave Ramsey, it's going to tell you exactly where, you, exactly where you're investing. Whether you're investing in his kingdom or if you're just living for yourself, living for our own pleasures. Our hearts follow after the things that we treasure. They follow after the things that we value. Jesus said that. Not me. Jesus said that. But I believe it. I believe that wherever our treasure is, that's where our heart's going to be. Being that we think about money every seven seconds, you know, that means that there's an opportunity to examine our hearts every seven seconds. Every time it comes in. If we're worrying, I think it needs to be, needs to be a prompt. Why am I worrying? If I'm worried about finance, why am I worrying? Every seven seconds. If I'm thinking, hey, if I do this and this and this, I will be super wealthy. And even then, the Bible tells you, don't wear yourself out trying to get rich. Every second, seven seconds, every seven seconds, we think about accumulating. We think about spending. We think about preserving. We think about protecting. We think about investing every seven seconds. So as I close, I want us to do a little bit of that this morning. And, and again, I don't think this was a very heavy message this morning, but I would like your response to just go to God this morning and say, Lord, just examine my heart. Our heart and our treasure are going to line up. So what do we really value? And I want us to do that right now in prayer. Let's pray together.
Lord, I pray right now, God, as we're seated here this morning. Lord, we, we do think about money. We think about our livelihood. We think about our financial safety. Lord, every day we have to spend money to go to work to make money. And then we get that paycheck and we see that the government took some of that money. And it, it goes so quickly and it goes in so many directions. Sometimes, Lord, we don't give it a thought, but other times it does preoccupy our minds. But Lord, right now, I pray for every one of us that we would not worry as Luke has guided us, or Jesus, you guided us, Luke recorded it, that we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. The birds don't worry. The fields don't worry. We don't have to worry either. But if we put your kingdom first, everything else will be taken care of. And Lord, even as, as we learned in, in Matthew's gospel that we need to know where to invest. Lord, I pray as we begin to close out this year, I thank you, Lord, for, for, for each one of us that gave to Convoy. Lord, we're investing in your kingdom and what joy there is when we're able to give to something like this, to help those that need help, to care about those who need assistance. Lord, I just thank you for these opportunities. Lord, I thank you for our missionaries around the world as well, that we get to help them live in distant countries and minister and, 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 and do everything they can to propagate the gospel and to spread the knowledge of your kingdom and your goodness and, and forgiveness and eternal life. Lord, I thank you that we get to invest in these kinds of things all throughout the year. And Lord, I just pray that right now that we each and every day would examine our hearts. Allow your Holy Spirit to examine our hearts and make sure that we're, we're investing in the kingdom of God. Lord, I pray that our hearts would be in the right place. That, Lord, your kingdom would be our treasure. And I thank you right now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, folks, really, it was a joy to share that with you this morning because I really want you to practice it. Generosity is rewarding in itself. Again, he who scatters gains more. That's how it works. That's how the kingdom of God works. He who gives away gains more. He who holds unduly comes to poverty. And I will say this about this church. I don't, there's hard, you know what? I hate to even do a comparison. This church is just so incredibly generous. You are very, very generous. Especially when it comes to missions and world missions and giving for any cause. Whether it be speed the light today, ah, you're getting a potato. You could make a potato at home. I know that. We know that. But the fun of getting together and all those $10 offerings, all those $10 gifts are going to help speed the light, help our missionaries with vehicles and sound systems and transportation and, and then convoy today as well. Thank you for your generosity. I feel like I was preaching to the choir, and I like that. I like that, being able to preach to people who already know what they're supposed to be doing. Let's stand together. Father, I thank you, Lord, for this incredibly generous church of ours, Lord. I thank you, God, for hearts being in the right place. Lord, I just pray just that we should never worry. We don't have to fear financial issues. We have to trust you. We have to do what your word commands and trust you. And so, Lord, as we leave this place now and as some of us stay for fellowship and eating together, celebrating speed of light. Lord, I pray your blessing on each one of us. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.